the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, Jared here for Cave Dweller Music, and I'm really excited to be presenting this episode of our podcast, where I'll be catching up with Mark from Kink Guitar Pedals. Kink have been operating out of Melbourne, Australia for six years now, and have done fantastic work making pedals aimed at those of us who love their music heavy. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. So for this episode of the Cave Dweller Music Podcast, I have Mark with me from Kink Guitar Pedals. Hey, Mark, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Mark. I'm very good, thanks. So uh, just a bit of an introduction, Mark. You've been building pedals for, uh, that I know of, what's it been, like maybe five, six years now? That you've been... still, yeah, it'll, it'll be six years in February. So I think the middle of Feb will be my sixth sixth birthday with the company so you know it's it seems like an eternity ago but it hasn't really been that long in the scope of things so yeah it, it, it seems like you've managed in the six years to get quite a lot done i mean you've you've gone from i remember when i first saw the charlie fuzz come out you've now got what is it like around 10 10 or more pedals that you make I think, yeah, I think 12 to 14, um, and I've got some that I sort of haven't haven't launched yet that will hopefully be, be this month coming out. But, yeah, there's been some that have sort of haven't lasted, <laughs> haven't, yeah. haven't stood the test of time, and some that will probably still drop off. But, yeah, around that um, over 10 now and then continuing to build. So that's good. Yeah. Um, just a bit of a warning for our listeners too that this is going to get quite nerdy this episode so um if you're a guitarist you're probably going to love it if you're not a guitarist and you're just interested in how people make their music stick around and find out a bit more for any of the guitarists that are listening i'm sure like me you'll understand how much of an obsession this can become and how uh you know whether you use one pedal or whether you use 20 pedals you know they're, they're such a big part of how musicians have created iconic sounds over the years and um yeah we, we we're definitely going to be digging a bit more into that so do you want to give us a bit of a a bit of a brief history mark on on how kink started how you got into building pedals and um yeah any sort of yeah, yeah. That you want to give us yeah well that's funny you mentioned the um so the, the charlie fuzz was the first pedal that i ever i ever bought out and i initially um going back to to what 2017 i i was i was a pedal whore and uh, had been for a very long time i um you know i had the full collection of the the strymon pedals and you know i was playing in a um sort of a post-rock instrumental band and and so i had been through tons of pedals and i um i decided that you know enough was enough and and, and jumped on youtube and ended up finding um diy guitar pedals and and looked at some of his you know just paul's uh videos and i thought well you know i could probably do this and i made a like a bass fuzz that has i think it's got like six or seven components and got it working and was totally blown away by how how massive the sound was so i, I sort of i reached out i asked some people because i don't come from a from a background of a electrical engineering or anything like that. I'm 100% a retailer, a business person. 
So I've never, never done that stuff before. So I reached out, asked some questions and yeah, designed the circuit based on the, the color sounds, one knob fuzz. Um, initially I made it for myself and I, I posted it on a, a Facebook group for Charlie Fuzz and um, the response was, uh, it was kind of mixed. I mean, there was a lot of people that were not happy. <laughs> obviously because of the because of the subject matter but i mean i had a lot of comments just saying look you, you've got to sell it you know i'd just, buy one 100 just a, a bit of um a heads up for those where this is obviously a, a podcast me and mark are talking via video but the the charlie fuzz jump online and look it up it's quite unique uh so it's essentially a small one knob fuzz pedal that features the face of charlie manson and his eyes light up when it's turned on yeah <laughs> and look at um you know uh, and you know to give you some context I, i've always sort of been you know into Sahara and and you know that sort of thing and you know serial killers and that stuff and i in all honesty it was a, it was a hundred percent an accident i was i was trawling through just looking for a way to um to add some some artwork and i thought you know that fits really well the knob fits really well the eyes will look magnificent in it and yeah i made it so i pretty much had no hesitation it was kind of weird i'd never opened a business before i'd never really done anything like that so i just i think i made like 14 or 15 and they sold really quick and then i was like well this is pretty cool you know um i can do this stuff and i can make pedals that that i want to make and that i would have on my board without having to spend you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars you know buying pedals so it was yeah it was it was all sort of happened since then so not having a background in any sort of electronic stuff did you find that it was really sort of diving off the deep end and taking it sort of one step at a time or did you have any sort of knowledge about what you were doing mate i had nothing at all like i didn't know what a capacitor was i didn't know what a resistor was I had a soldering iron, I think, that I, I got from like minor 10 or something that was nowhere near hot enough. You know, I've still got my original, my first ever pedal that I made, I've still got and you know, I, I open it up and have a look and sort of shudder at how bad and <laughs> horrendous it looks. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I had no background at all, um, but I had, I have invested a lot of time in, like I said before, I invested time in studying, um, you know, I've read a lot of a lot of theory books on electrical stuff and and I am lucky enough to have a few friends in the in the business who are who are electrical engineers who can sort of help out with the the difficult questions that I'll come across. But I, I think the thing that was good is I just jumped straight in. So I made tons of mistakes. I've I've got so many circuit boards and so many you know projects that just ended up in the bin that never made it anywhere and some that have been in, in process for like three years you know like <laughs> i've got a delay pedal that's been in process for three years and i've been sort of you know back and forward with but yeah no no background at all um you know i would like to do it i looked into doing it <laughs> i looked into doing some form of um electrical engineering and um it's just it would be I wouldn't be able to run a business because it'd be pretty well full time. So yeah, awesome. And at the moment, it's just you making the pedals. Yeah, it's just me. So I tried to get my oldest son on board. You know, he's getting there, he, but he, it's, it's hard when you're selling stuff because I, I kind of want it to be perfect. And he is kind of like, yeah, it's all right. You know, like it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I find myself going over the stuff that he's already done. But you know, he um. You know, the, the family helps out with, um, you know, organising all of the boxes and packaging and, and stuff like that. But as far as, you know, design, 
you know, getting the boards made, making the boards, drilling, printing, all of that stuff, driving all of the enclosures to the powder coater. Locally, I do all of that stuff. So it's there. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of time for signing to it, but I have been able to streamline it as I've gone along. So initially, I was the Charlie fuzzers were done using um, water slide decals that were incredibly time consuming. Then I'd have to spray clear coat over them, and you know. All of that sort of stuff has evolved to to streamline the process. So I can, uh, it, interestingly enough, that the simplest pedal is the Charlie Fuzz, but it takes me the longest to make out of every pedal in my in the range that I've got because <laughs> it's just you know it's there's a, there's a lot more manual stuff to it, whereas a lot of the newer pedals are are streamlined and designed in a way that they can be replicated quite quickly. Awesome. So when you're building or when you're planning on on you know, bringing out a new pedal or something like that. Are you are you sitting down, going through a list of influences and sort of saying, well, I like the sound of this, or I don't like the sound of that, or I like this, but I'd like to change that? Or are you at the point now where you've sort of got enough or you've had enough experience in the industry that you're starting to make things from scratch? Yeah, so um, I, I have done a lot of clones and I think, you know, with a lot of um, a lot of pedal building, there's there's building blocks that, are taken from from pedals that have been around since the sixties, and they're just elaborated on and 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 developed as people go. So, I have started sort of working from scratch. You know, I'm in the process of working on a something that emulates a an angle amplifier um, at the moment, and I'm sort of breadboarding that and 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 getting used to to tuning the uh, the effect a whole lot better than what it was, but. I will generally look at um, what sound or, or what I hear. So if I hear a, a you know a doom band or a, a 60s you know like Hendrix or something, and I like a guitar sound, I'll, I'll generally jump on online and sort of suss out what they were using, and then try and build upon that you know and add my own little touches as I go along. So if I don't like how much gain it has, I can sort of tune it to not be so gainy or vice versa, or change the tone you know to to work better with with a humbucking guitar versus a, a single coil guitar so there's a there's a lot of stuff that I, i'm kind of working towards now without sort of necessarily just cloning stuff which is quite yeah. good um you know and i think i had to do the hard yards doing that cloning to really get an understanding of of what's involved and and how all of that stuff affects the, the overall um design of the pedal yeah and I guess the thing too is for anybody who collects pedals or spends their time sort of watching YouTube videos about pedals, people will definitely know that there's just a, an oversaturation of clones out there. So I guess it gets to the point where you need to start sort of doing your own thing to to be a standout in the industry. Is that something that you've seen in your time? I mean, obviously starting out small as a business, you need to to create something that maybe people already have a bit of a feel for to get a foot mm -hmm. in the door. But have you found that that pretty quickly people get sick of that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, to your point about the, the oversaturation is just crazy now. Like I, I looked back when, uh, when I started in 2017, I think, you know, there was myself, Dazzatronics, Moztronics. There, there wasn't many builders, you know, Sean Klinger was, was around building. Um, and Tim up in Queensland, but now, you know, well, we recently did a, a guitar pedal show at a pub in the city and there, I think there was like 15 different builders there and they're all 
they're all doing stuff now that's phenomenal, um, you know, with modulation circuits and, and throwing in, you know, digital technology. And, and these are these are really young people sort of starting off in the industry. So I'm finding myself now that I, I kind of, I, I've, got, I've got these ideas in my head and like, how do I, how do I articulate that to someone to help me design that? Or how do I learn how to design that myself? Um, you know, I, I have no qualms about sort of outsourcing design because in the end I, I can't do everything myself and I, yeah. I need to know my limitations when it comes to digital digital technology and you know to get that um to get that uh evolution where things are different you sort of have to look at that digital aspect of the the business now i mean there's only like you said there's only so many analog fuzz pedals that are built off the basis from something in 1960 yeah. that you can do before people do start getting bored and i think you know the success that i've had is largely due to the fact that i've designed my pedals around the fact that i was a massive metalhead and you know the way i, I picked a lot of music when i was a young fella is i looked at the covers and i went that's pretty sick you know um, so I've, I've kind of taken that philosophy when I when I design the panels to have a bit of fun and, and make them stand out. So, yeah. you know, th there's a bit of both, but I'm at the stage now where I know that I, I need to diversify because these um, up and coming pedal builders, you know, in Australia alone are phenomenal. So if I don't start um, evolving, I'm just going to get stuck. You know, I'm not going to be able to sort of build the business and I don't want this to to be a fleeting experience i want it to be something that you know i can build the brand and and work on merch and you know and, and have a brand more so than just making pedals so there's there's a lot that i have um in my mind that i want to achieve and you know to your point i, I can't be stagnant i can't just replicate the stuff that's always been done uh, i think one of the things that that i definitely noticed straight away when i first saw kink pedals um, and a few of my friends mentioned it as well. And I think it's been one of the things that sort of helped you stand apart from the others is the fact that you had kind of leaned into the, the more metal side of things with your branding and your artwork and um, just even sort of the slogans that you use, the names of your pedals. Do you want to give us a bit of a, a background on that? I'll put some links up. Uh, when this podcast goes out, so people can have a look for themselves. But um, yeah, I mean, you've got you've got one pedal with a like a horseman who's cracked out from some sort of bender, and then you've got the uh, the Russian plague, which is a, a skull with a rat in it. Um, you know, you've got all this sort of crazy artwork that's definitely down the uh, the doom and metal sort of pathway. Do you want to? Fill us in on yeah, that. so I'll, I'll give you a bit of a, a rundown on the evolution of um, some of the pedals. So I mentioned earlier that I was I was copping a bit of bit of flack for the Charlie fuzz, and you know I'd done some other pedals that were kind of a little bit more full on than that, and copped a lot of grief, copped some personal emails where where people sort of got a bit a bit nasty towards me. And, was um, that about a, a certain cannibalistic serial killer? No, no, but that one, yeah, that recent one was um that that copped a bit of shit as well. It was kind of not not exciting, but um, I ended up meeting with um I, I reached out to I don't know I don't even know how I come across um Pascal um who's my local the local artist who does all my tattoos as well Pascal de, de Brass um you know hopefully I can send you the link so people can see some of his work. Um, I met with him and I sort of said, look, I, I want something that is a bit of a um 
you know, screw you to, to these people who are kind of on their high horse. You know what I mean? So that's where the whole point of the high horse came from was, um, you know, I just wanted it to sort of be a, a, a get stuffed, you know, like I'm doing this and, you know, freedom of speech and all of that sort of stuff. And I'm the thing is I've got a an outlet now, so you guys can do whatever you want, but um, I'm going to come back and have a bit of fun with it. So the high horse just came about as me, just a bit of a piss take going, well, you guys just seriously need to get off your high horses and, you know, focus on something that actually means something, you know, like not the fact that someone's expressing their art form in a way that you don't like, you know, and I reached out, I've been very lucky. I mean, I've got a really good circle of people around me who, you know, gave me leads and really helped me out. Pascal's been phenomenal in sort of, you know, suggesting that I reach out to certain bands and, and other artists and all this sort of stuff for collaboration and, I was at a music shop one day and someone said you should contact uh, this guy called Maggotmeister who's in he's in Europe and he's he did the artwork for the Russian plague um and essentially I wanted to have something that you know the Russian plague for example I just wanted to have something that was kind of like a Chernobyl in the background with a mutated rat because it was it was based on a civil war big muff and a, and a rat pedal so I kind of wanted to have a bit of fun with that but you know, the, the Defender of the Hate came from a um, an anal C-bomb album, you know, because <laughs> I was really into my grindcore and I kind of liked the idea that, you know, I'm, I'm Defender of the Hate because I was copping, I was copping a lot of, a lot of flack in sort of 2017, 2018. I was, you know, I had people email me at work, you know, on my work email, they sort of went to the stage where they tracked me down and, you know, I was getting called a misogynist and, you know, it was, it was bad. So, but I was lucky because I could have just given up and gone, well, this is all a bit too hard, but I just sort of persevered and, you know, the atomic spaghetti is probably my most mellow pedal I've got, but I kind of dig it because it was just, you know, I, I, I couldn't have fun, uh, too much fun with the artwork, but the, the name sort of is funny, you know? So yeah, everything, I think I put a lot of, I, I spend a lot of time trying to to make you know the stab zone was based off a of fab tone you know so I tried yeah. to find all these rhyme, rhyming words and and then I sort of worked went with the artwork from that so yeah I, I kind of this this is the only real outlet I have now I don't play in a band anymore so this this is my artistic outlet and you know it helps me get my personality out yeah you know, somewhere where I can not have everything bottled up so I'm sure. Know, but, yeah. I'm sure it sort of helped as well the fact that you, the designs on your pedals, they look like the covers of metal albums. It looks like something that, like you said, a teenager would pick it up and go, fuck me, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's what um, that's uh, I took the stab zone down to Deluxe when I first made it and I gave him a bit of play and, you know, um, it was funny because one of the dudes there playing, it was like, I don't really care what it sounds like, but I'm going to fucking buy it. Like my 12 year old self would have bought this, you know what I mean? Because it, it had to do with the knife. So you're right. It's just, um, and that's where a lot of my influence comes from, from that kind of, particularly the 90s sort of death metal and thrash metal album covers where it's, you know, skulls and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's evolving now, you know, I, I can sort of add a little bit more tongue in cheek kind of, stuff and yeah and i kind of have to evolve as well like i made i'm not sure if you know but the the atomic spaghetti was a an evolution of the old tremendous game that i had which was the similar circuit but 
I had a zombie holding his own heart and this sort of stuff, and it just didn't do well. Like, yeah, most, I think people it didn't really fit the sound of the pedal, and you know, people might have been expecting something a little bit more full on, but it's you know, an overdrive with a tremolo. So I had to yeah. go with that kind of western western thing, and I'll generally play them when I make them and go, well, what does it make me play? And yeah. as soon as I played that pedal, I was I was playing spaghetti western stuff, cranking the reverb up on the amp and. You know, finding myself going down that path. So that's what it had to be. So, so what have been some of your proudest moments so far? I mean, you've you've like I said earlier, you've managed to achieve quite a lot in the the six years that you've been doing this. But what have been the the standout sort of things, or or the the pinch yourself moments where you go, I'm I'm actually a part of this now. I'm not just someone who's having a crack in their spare room. I'm, yeah, uh, look, there's there's been a few. I mean, I. I was, again, through meeting people and, and reaching out online, but I ended up speaking with Hamish from um, Godfrey, who used to be in, you know, was in um, My Own Bride, you know, back in the day. And he's now using a um, Defender of the Hate and the Russian Plague. And it's going to be in the new Godfrey Doom album, you know, like that sort of stuff is, is we're going back, I was sort of listening to these guys going, well, that's, that's phenomenal, right? Um, you know, I'll never be able to even speak to these people um you know and then i had um had the guys that managed the chats reach out to me and and sort of wanted to do a collaboration with the chats and that was that was huge as well i mean the chats were blowing up at that time and you know the idea that i could collaborate with with you know particularly with someone who had you know in excess of hundreds and thousands of followers on instagram was just insane to me yeah and then you know then they reached out and suggested i do something with the psychos and the fact that i've you know i've got a, a signature ross knight pedal that you know the best part of that is ross has you know given one to eddie vetter yeah know? so the fact that eddie vetter's rocking a you know has a dozer fuzz is just just phenomenal to me so that's you know, uh, these yeah that's sure. that's great stuff for any of our international listeners there uh australians will obviously or you yeah. know who they are but the the chats have had some serious success overseas and uh yeah you're talking about the the cosmic psychos who are a, a much loved and rusted on australian band i think i think everybody's heard of them <laughs> or anyone who's interested in rock and roll in any way would know who the cosmic psychos are yeah anyone who was around in the early 90s and went through the whole grunge thing has probably has the cosmic psychos to uh <laughs> to thank for a lot of that stuff you know so you know and i, I got to meet meet ross and it's just open these doors that um as a as a music lover and you know and, and pedal pedal lover I've, I've got to meet these people that i would never have met you know so that sort of stuff just just blows me away you know and i was at this this pedal expo and you know these younger builders that i was talking about that are that are phenomenal that are bringing out stuff that i just wouldn't have thought about bringing out i've sort of i've gone over and sort of said this is fantastic and they're like well you know you're kind of like a legend you know what i mean like that sort of blows me away i don't know i don't know how to think about it you know so yeah the, the whole thing's a sort of a pinch pinch yourself moment you know I'm, I'm kind of in between that transition stage where i'm you know i'm not quite there but i'm i'm getting close to being able to sort of hopefully survive purely on having the having the kink thing going on have you found that um i i know from spending hours in guitar shops working in guitar shops watching a million youtube videos 
the guitar world seems to be sort of split almost into two very defined camps. There's the people who love tradition, the people who want to sound like the bands from the 60s and cap it there. Everything great yeah. happened then, everything new is bullshit. And then yeah. you've got the people who are willing to experiment and that's, you know, in my opinion, that's how music's advanced over the years. You've had the people that have gone, well, here's the box, I'm going to stand outside of it. When it comes to pedals in particular, it, it seems like there's there's very much people either in one of the two camps there. And I think that you've found yourself with the people that are looking to move forward and sort of get away from the um, from the stuffiness and the traditional, well, there's a tube screamer and there's a clon and there's a, you know, there's a blues breaker and that's it. That's all you need. So yeah, or there's no pedals at all when you're playing straight no... in the app, and that's all you should. That's all you should have to do because everyone can crank up a robot martial up and you know yeah <laughs> be able have to play it... that loud. But yeah, down that sort of line of thinking, have you found or had any feedback from people that may have been in that other camp of the you know liking the traditional, not really been willing to try anything new, but then found something of yours and surprised themselves or Yes and no. I mean, the, some of the success with that has been along the lines of the, you know, the, the Femtor has probably been one of those pedals where, you know, instead of having to spend five grand on a on a clon, um, you know, or go down the route of getting a, a soul food or something like that, you know, there's been a, a, quite a lot of people who have given it a chance. And, you know, the feedback that I've received is that it, you know, that stacks up equally as well as, any of the other clon clones that are out there. Yeah. Um, but as far as sort of moving away from tradition, I, I don't think those people are easy to persuade. Like, I think it's a, you know, you've got to give props to the likes of, of Jack White and, and those guys who who will evolve with that. And, you know, I, I haven't sort of come across someone who, you know, my pedals are essentially drive pedals, right? So, you know, there's there's nothing that's incredibly evolutionary about that sort of stuff at this stage anyway. But, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff kicking in my head that I, I'd like to be able to move from, from my mind and put it into a, into a pedal, you know, and it's just sort of making that stuff work. But as far as, yeah, as far as people transitioning, I don't think so. But, you know, every time I see, you know, like we were discussing prior, every time I see someone who's a, who's a genuine, you know, playing user. You like I was at the guitar show three years ago, and I had had this um this gentleman come up who who is a muser who plays all the time, plays live all the time, played a stab zone, and was just blown away, and was like, mm, I've got to go try other pedals. And he, I think he came back three times to play it, and ended up taking a stab zone away, and you know, I loved it. You know, so that sort of stuff where I can. Where, where the market is saturated, you've got your, you know, EHX, the MXR and all of those brands, Boss that have been around forever that have probably done all of this stuff and someone's choosing a locally made Melbourne pedal. That sort of stuff is phenomenal. It probably always will be phenomenal. You know, I, I don't think I'll ever lose sight of how important that is. And speaking of just sort of being a local builder, you're now looking to branch out and head across to the States this year. Um, you're going to head across to NAM and, and try and spread the word over there. What's the what's the plans and and goals for that? Look, I think um, uh, while I'm at Nam, I think the plan is to say 100% sober. So I'm yeah. making an ass of myself for starters. But look, I um I, I want to um 
I want to get out and and just meet you know some of these builders that totally blow me away um that are that are not only great builders that have that have forged a, a company that's now you know made it their bread and butter so yeah i want to i'd like to be able to sort of you know find the best ways to to evolve the business but also find a distributor you know i mean ultimately i was told by a, a local melbourne distributor that or an Aussie distributor that, you know, the Australian market is smaller than the New York market. And that stuff just blows my mind, right? You know, like I'm 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 excited that I've, you know, super excited. I've got stores in Tassie and WA and South Australia and Melbourne that had my pedals. But you know, being able to to get into that American market would be phenomenal. So I've I've gone as far as to sort of lay the foundation with a company to look into manufacturing over in America as well. Because you know, quite simply, the the economy of scale that that is going to be required to to produce that many pedals is, is not going to be able to be done by one person. Mm. And um, and if you look at you know the cost of shipping and the investment of someone from the states, the the warranty process, all of that stuff. So you know, there's a lot of business talk that I need to I need to have. Also, my ring now, as as well as having fun and getting to see some of the other builders, it's it's definitely an opportunity for me to to branch out and find out, you know, what I can do for the business to make it successful. I mean, I come from a, a business background; I've I've always worked in business. I think that's one of the things that's been, you know, I haven't had to hold back. I, you know, some some other people have probably just gone, no, I can't, can't make that next step, but I don't care. I've got to give it a crack, you know, and if I don't give it a crack now. You know, time's going to pass me by, and I'm going to be left with the what ifs. Yeah, know? and I don't want to don't want to have those what ifs. Just for anybody who doesn't know, Nam is a, a massive uh, music trade show. It's where all the brands from all around the world meet up and basically show off all their new gear. So uh, that'll be exciting mm. to be part of that. Mark. I think it's the first the first real one since COVID as well. So I'm thinking it'll uh, should be big. Yeah. Is there any plans to um, potentially pop over to the European one as well, or is that just a little? Well, I, I would little bit too I, mean, I saw um, I saw Jamie from Earthquaker in in Japan at a pedal convention over there. So, I you know if it gets to the stage where I can, you know, financially support that, a hundred percent, I'd be all over that. I mean, one of the markets that I'm I'm not really big in is is the Asian market, um, which is interesting, you know, because Japanese are renowned for their you know for their japanese guitars and you know musicianship and and you know liking that american culture so i think there's a definite market over in that that area europe 100 percent. i mean i sell a lot of stuff um you know to germany and to, to the uk so there's there's definitely definitely opportunity to, to hit up all of those places it's just a matter of matter of being able to make that viable and yeah. you know as soon as it's viable i, I won't stop you know i think you know, it's it's finding that balance that I think has made me hold off because I don't want to don't want to commit, and I don't want to necessarily have someone else building something that I've had one hundred percent control over. Yeah, because you know, not one pedal goes out the door without me being one hundred percent satisfied with it. You know, relinquishing that that responsibility is going to be quite hard either way. And. Is there something new and exciting that you're working on at the moment? I know you were saying that you were sort of looking to branch out a little bit more and try some new stuff. Is there anything that you can share for this? Or 
Yeah, look, I've, I mean, I've got the, I've got a delay pedal that I have been working on for a very, very long time. You know, being digital, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of compliance stuff that needs to be kicked off. It needs to be checked for electromagnetic interference. Um, you know, which comes at a significant cost. It's, you're looking at sort of about three k just to get that certified within Australia um, to be able to sell it. And you know, if, if it's not certified and it doesn't work, you have to pay that money again to get it tested again. So. I've, I've, the pedal's essentially done. It's just a matter of waiting till I've got the finances to release it. But that'll be a, you know, it's a delay pedal, three different delays, um, all unique algor- algorithms, tempo, um, you know, all the bells and whistles. But um, that's still a little way to go. There's there's a couple of bands that I'm sort of working with at the moment, um, you know, to try and collaborate with them. Can't really say who they are because it hasn't come out yet, but one's quite a big Aussie metal band, which will yeah. be phenomenal. I've got a noise gate based on the Fort and Zool that's um you know I've been wanting to release for a while. That'll be out this month. The new Retribution Fuzz um is just waiting for a demo to come out, hopefully within the next week or so. Then that'll be released. I've got a Sabbath sort of influence pedal and a you know another martial influence pedal there's a, there's a lot of stuff I'm currently working on but a lot of people are asking for um you know for reverbs reverbs and delays are the big thing at the moment so you know trying to find that <laughs> to get those to work and to, and to make them um compete with the stuff that's coming out from the likes of you know, I don't even know how to say it, the MUX, NUX or NUX. The, yeah. The, the stuff that they're bringing out is phenomenal, you know, like their Atlantic pedal at 250-odd bucks with a reverb and a delay. For me to produce something like that, you're probably looking at 400 to 500 bucks. Yeah. You know, so it, it's finding that different, you know, that, that what differentiates me from, from that brand, you know, and I think, you know, will people buy it? That's, that's where I'm unsure of at the moment. Well, I think there is a bit of a, there's always a bit of a a cautious, uh, people doing their sort of homework when it comes to things like the NUX and some of those other brands that are coming out of China. I mean, they're making some fantastic stuff, but uh, listening to some some bigger name pedal builders talk about that stuff, they all sort of say, yeah, look, it is great stuff and it sounds great, but somewhere someone's cutting, cutting costs and for you to be able to get all those features for 250 bucks there's got to be you, you got to go into it with an understanding that you're getting what you pay for and it may not last as long as a a pedal that's made by a local builder or someone a bit more yeah. reputable so is that something that you're you really have to think about going forward because i mean being in the um in the australian market we are so close to asia there's so much stuff that gets imported from asia and because it's it's so much cheaper than getting a lot of the US stuff here, um, and the turnover for pedals like that, you you see so many in the shops. Is that something yeah. that a bit of an issue for you going forward to try and work out how to stay viable in that market? Yeah, well, it's kind of there's a few things that stand out when it comes to that stuff. Is how do I, you know, I, my pedals aren't very expensive in the scope of um, you know that kind of quotation marks boutique kind of pedal thing like i've seen you know one knob fuzzes in the uk sell for 120 pounds you know we're yeah. looking at like close to 200 bucks where you know mine's 130 you know and one of the things i've sort of been 
cautioned against about rather is when speaking to distributors that you know i've got to be cautious not to underprice my pedals as well because if i underprice them too much i start competing in that market yeah and that's not necessarily the market i want to be in is is you know your, your k-line and your anywax and all of those pedals but you know to your point before they're everywhere in the shops because i think they turn over you know they turn over significant numbers of them probably at small margins, but they're turning over a lot of them. And, and you know, there's this, their, their hands being forced to stock them, you know? So my, you know, I, I think I need to make my competitors the likes of um, Earthquake Devices and, you know, Keely and, you know, those those builders and, and try and price my pedals around that because, you know, I, I am starting to be more and more conscious that I don't want to under undervalue what the pedals are, you know? So yeah, it's definitely something that comes into thought when I do, when I do put pricing on the pedals and, you know, I, I have no doubt that I've lost retailers because that's what they sell. You know, they sell these, these Chinese made pedals and, you know, your, your large mass produced pedals that come from Fender at the moment and, you know, Morley are back into it as well. So it's just whatever it's been tc electronics have got a really cheap range of pedals that are hard to compete against that's they're phenomenal pedals you know so yeah it's definitely something that's at the front of mind like what do i do to make my pedals stand out um to make someone choose my pedals and you know in the shops where they are successful the thing that makes them successful is the people that are in those shops get them in the hands of the people playing them and get them to play them and they realise it's not just a gimmick, and they're they're well built, they feel solid, they they sound great, and you know it's worth spending that a bit of extra cash to support someone local. You know my yeah everything I I try and keep as much local as I can. All my powder coating I could probably get, you know, from China, where I get my enclosures from. But I keep it local. There's a guy in Downingong who does it for me because you know that stuff's important to me. I want to try and keep as much local as I can. That's definitely a good way to be looking at things too. And I guess there's the, um, I, I know from working in a shop myself uh, in the past, you get the people that they go to the Chinese stuff for a taste test. It's the, yeah. I'll, I'll buy one of these, I'll put it on my board for a little bit. I'll see whether I like that sound or not. So I guess if you can shuffle yourself into that market of being maybe the, the second step, once somebody knows yeah. what they like and what they want, and someone who's willing to do a bit more research into what they want, I guess that's that's a good spot to see yourself as well. And I guess yeah. that means that you don't have to sort of take a hit on pricing. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I mean, it's, it's very interesting because the bigger I get, the more followers I start to have on Instagram, the more people I speak to. Like I was, I was in a shopping centre and saw a dude wearing a kink guitar pedals hat. And I sort of went up in my hoodie and went, hey, man, what's going on? You know, and a lot of people, um, a lot of people I speak to when I sort of say, yeah, I run King Guitar Pedals, they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. I'm like, well, why haven't you played it? You know, like there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people have heard of the brand, but it's it's, it's that next step of getting them to to jump on to, to spend the cash, you know, so that's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to move to a, a model now that's less me sending out pedals one by one. And more of a wholesale so i you know i need to take that stuff into account as well that i'm losing 30 percent 
of what I would get if I was to sell it direct. So, you know, that has to come into into play when I'm pricing as well. But I've, yeah. I've got to make sure that I can cover that even with the margins that are that are going into the shops. You know, so. All right. Well. Yeah. I've sort of managed to turn this into a bit of an economics forum. So let's uh, <laughs> let's shift back to music. Obviously, you, you got into this game because you love music. What are the bands that you love? You know, what are the things that, that drew you to um, getting into a life around music? I think initially when I when I started really getting into to investing in pedals, I was listening to a lot of explosions in the sky and a lot of post-rock at that time, like Mogwai, and that sort of got me into the, the ambient stuff of the, the reverb pedals. I've had tons of reverb pedals, tons of delay pedals. You know, Distortion, I've been a massive metal fan forever, so, and I, I haven't spent thousands of dollars on amp heads for the, the real metal amp. So every, every sound I get runs into a clean amp with a pedal. So, you know, I've, starting back in the day, I had death metal pedals from, from DOD, I had the grunge pedal. And, you know, looking back, it was kind of laughable to have that stuff. But now I've rebought them again at a significantly inflated price because they're, they're not around anymore and they're, they're sort of hard to come by. But um, you, they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. You just got to know how to use them. And, you know, yeah. I think back in the day, it was like crank the treble back all the way, the bass all the way up and distortion all the way up, and that's your sound. And it's just not the, not the right way to use it. So... Yeah, one of the benefits of, I guess, you know, getting into this sort of thing is I kind of know, I know that stuff now. And, I, you know, I've gone, I've gone back to, you can't really see it in the video, but collecting all 90s distortion pedals, like from Boss and from DoD and Maxon and, and all of that sort of stuff, because that's the sound that initially got me into playing guitar. I was never really a massive Doom fan. You know, I've listened to Sabbath forever and, you know, I listen to a lot of, of Doom, but I've only recently got into that real Doomy sort of fuzz, octave fuzz, you know, that sort of thing, you know, in the last, since I started building pedals, yeah. I've, I've begun a, a rat addiction and, you know, I've bought nearly every rat that I can possibly buy and every rat clone <laughs> because, you know, I still think it's one of the best pedals that's ever been made. Yeah, but I mean, I, I love all types of music, but, you know, I, I like music that, that, that is music and that has that musicality and and, and 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 you can tell that people are you know experimenting they're, they're doing different stuff and you know all the way from to, from slayer to, to death metal stuff you know like i love terry king sounds i'd love to be able to emulate a pedal that can get that sound you know i love the early 90s autopsy sounds i went as far as emailing the band and said what were you using on <laughs> the on the Seven survival album you know because i want to make a pedal that kind of emulates that sort of stuff. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of living my youth vicariously through a, a mid forties body now. But you know, I, I wish I was I was savvy enough back in the day to start doing it then, and not, yeah. not wait till I was in my forties to do it. Has it changed the way that you listen to music now? You've got a bit of a an insight into it. I know in the past, sort of working and talking to guys in music shops. And you'll be listening to a song with them and they'll just be picking apart every sound in it and going, oh, he's using one of these and this is that pickup. And, you know, it, has it changed your experience that you're now listening more sharply to try and go, oh, that's a, you know, that's an Octifuzz there and around this point yeah. he's stepping on this or 
Yeah, look, it's definitely definitely adding a lot more. Like I was I was totally blase with that stuff. You know, it's kind of like my guitar picks now. I don't care what guitar pick I've got as long as it's not my point two millimeter floppy one. I, I like it's to that sort of thing. You know, there, there's people who are phenomenal with guitar and really into guitar that have to play a certain pick. I'm kind of I get that now. You know, like I am a hundred percent like that. I'll listen to it and go, well. Shit! What are they doing to get that sound? You know, is it is it just a cranked sun amp, or are they running a pedal into it, or or that sort of stuff? And that drives me down the rabbit hole of jumping online and going, you know, what's what's such and such using for this? And you know, it's 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 um it's never ending now. It's a never ending search for you know how do people get this sound? And it kind of blows you away when you go, well, you. you you know, listen to Entombed and they just cranked all the knobs up and <laughs> sort of single-handedly created a genre, you know, like that sort of stuff wouldn't have happened without a guitar pedal. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think some people, you know, particularly people who don't play guitar understand, like I still have to explain what a guitar pedal does <laughs> to, to people who don't play. And I'm like, shit, I don't know. It just makes different sounds. You know, like it's 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 very, it's a hard thing to explain to someone who who isn't sort of musically inclined to understand that. Has it ruined the way that you play guitar? I know there's so many people who go down the rabbit hole. It's become so much of an obsession now that you know it, it's hard to to just plug in a guitar and play. You know, and and I know from myself and friends and stuff like that. You'll start playing and then you go, oh, what if I do this? And what if I do that? And it's never the same. You'll never sit down and just, you know, have the same thing twice. Have you now completely driven yourself mad in your playing experience? Uh, 100%. Um, look, the only time I ever play normally now is when I'm testing a certain pedal. So I've, I've got my standard go-to. So if I'm testing Australia Drive, I'll play Slayer, you know, because it's kind of got that martial sound or if I'm, you know, I'm testing the Atomic Spaghetti. I'll play some, some, you know, some Western stuff. But apart from that, I've got a box of pedals that are just sitting here, and I spend hours on the pedal board planner with a <laughs> pedal frame Pro. Going, shit, what do I need? Or what do I don't need? You know, am I going to use this more than once? Am I not going to use it? Like it's, I've got a, a Boss ES8 switcher, which enables me to switch pedal orders and all this other stuff that just sent me mental you know but i'm not sure if it was good for my creativity because i've got a mate who will usually just plug one pedal into a guitar and he'll jam for hours yeah. whereas i i don't tend to do that <laughs> so it's kind of i think it has it's kind of ruined me as a player because it it, it influences what i play you know yeah. I, I can't i can't plug an overdrive in and play metal i can't <laughs> play and fuzz in and play you know like a lot of classic you know rock stuff so it's um yeah it's definitely definitely had a um I, I don't know if it's negative but it's had an influence for sure on on how I look at stuff and you know and 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 how I choose how I choose guitars how I choose amps how I choose whatever you know I, I found that I have to you know I need more guitars now because I want these different sounds like it's just it's just a, a you know try explaining that to my wife she's like you know surely they don't sound different like, well yeah they kind of kind of do. You know, so well at least yeah, you've um, at least you're in the position now that if you decide that you want a new sound, you can sit down and make it yourself. 
rather yeah, than that's, that's right. all the rest of us that have to go out, spend the money, and then try and sneak it into the house. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I went through that stage, which is you know, but um, yeah, it's 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 good. I like I. It, it was very interesting because all I ever wanted to do back in the day was get a really distorted sound. And now I'm finding myself turning the distortion down, the gain down, because it, it sounds better. It's clearer. You know, it's this sort of thing. And you evolve with that stuff, you know. Um, you know, I never had a rap pedal until I started building guitar pedals. And I'm like, what was I missing out on yeah. for, for, for so many years? You know, I, I never had a, a Les Paul. I always had like metal guitars and I, I could never shred. So it was kind of kind of useless. You know, I had these guitars that were set up with floating tremolos and stuff. And, you know, I, now I'd rather have something that's just basic that I can just rock out on. So it's, you know, it's definitely an evolution. And I think, yeah. um, you know, the pedals are, are not any different. I mean, I'm finding each pedal I bring out is is something that you know is definitely an evolution on, on what i'm thinking and, and where my mindset's at that time awesome as long as yeah. you don't get to the point where you're wearing cardigans all the time and just playing folk music and you know well, just making subtle, <laughs> subtle overdrives yeah well you know i'll just i'll, I'll make fun clothes for days you know <laughs> that's just the sunday thing wearing a cardigan and playing folk, folk music <laughs> no, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, definitely not, mate. I mean, it's 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 music, right? I mean, and as long as it's got music behind it, I'm I'm fully supportive of it. So awesome. And yeah, just to we've sort of been chatting for a while now, so we'll we'll start to wrap things up. Where would be the dream to see one of your pedals going forward? Obviously, you're saying that you've got one that's uh, kicking around somewhere at Eddie Vedder's house, so that's a pretty big deal. But um, are there, you know, are there any bands that you would think would be within reach to get a, a pedal on the board in the short term, or you know, maybe try and get it into a shop somewhere in the states, or what are what are the uh, what are the goals? Yeah, that's that's a really tough question because it changes all the time. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, Matt Pike is is one of those ones that, that has a lot of clout, right? I mean, you know, I love, love Matt Pike. I love his guitar sounds. But but getting into Matt Pike's hands is going to be hard because he's got that signature sound that already has, you know, magic pedals, already do a pedal that, you know, does his sound and yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, you know, the dude from Russian Circles would be phenomenal, to, you know, because I know he loves pedals, you know, and there's, there's, there's an awful lot, but none that really stand out in all honesty because a lot of the the musos that i listen to you know that I've, I've i had a love affair with like james hetfield and dave mustaine and all of those guys don't tend to use pedals they've got someone out the back using the pedals for them you know what I mean? so you know it's that sort of thing but i don't think i have any aspirations to have anyone in particular having it but i would like to see my pedals on more tour boards you know, it doesn't matter who it is, but particularly in the States and, and Europe, being able to see them continue to be on boards and, you know, be able to go to a show. If I was to go to a show and actually go to the front like most pedal nerds do and, okay. and check out the pedal board and see that one of my pedals was there, it would totally blow my mind. So, you know, I, I, the clout's good. And, you know, once you get past the... The ego part of, you know, I, I was glowing for days when I found out that, that Eddie Vedder was going to have a pedal. But sort of once you get past that, 
you know, as I said earlier, just the fact that people are going to use them to, to play live and to play music to people and not just have them in a bedroom is is a really good thing. You know, Jason from from Goat Sound, you know, bass player that was in Blood Duster, has, has a Russian plague and has recorded several bands with that Russian plague, you know, and, and that sort of stuff carries tons of weight for me. Knowing yeah. that, you know, out of all the pedals in there and all the pedal combinations in the world, you know, that's, you know, and, and, and all of the pretend pedals on Kempers, <laughs> they've chosen, you know, a, a humble builder from Melbourne. So that sort yeah. of stuff is phenomenal for me. Well, that's a hell of a pedal too, that one. I've, uh, oh. I've got a friend that's got a massive pedal board and every time I go and plug into it, I always find my way back to the Russian plague. So it's um it's something that has to be played loud. It really yeah. needs to push some air and you know, the, the sustain is just so much fun. It's it's one of the things I can't play until the um so the kids and the family are outside of the house so I can actually turn the amp up so it's shaking the walls. So yeah, awesome. thanks, man. It's good. No worries. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um yeah, obviously you'll be heading off to the US in the next couple of months. So mm-hmm. best of luck with that. If anybody that's listening wants to find out more about your work or purchase some stuff, whether it's here um, or I guess if anyone's trying to get something overseas, uh, how would they go about that? Uh, best option, you know, if they want to see what's going on, check out uh, the Instagram. It's just Kink Guitar Pedals, easy enough to find. Um, same with Facebook. If you're looking to check the web page, um, you know, check up some reviews, check all of the products, just kinkguitarpedals.com. Um, it's all there. Um, I'm easily, easy to get a hold of. I tend to, you know, respond super quick. So if anyone has any questions at all, hit me up. I take custom orders as well. Um, I do custom printing in-house now. So the turnaround on that stuff super quick. Um, and that's, yeah, it's it's one of those things that has been, quite uh, quite popular in the last couple of months getting custom stuff all right well i'll let you go and enjoy your friday night but thank you so much for joining us and yeah best of luck hopefully we start seeing some more kink pedals on some more boards i know i've got one on mine so hopefully uh hopefully it grows on to be i definitely hope so thank you so much for your time i really appreciate you uh reaching out no worries thanks mate (laughs) thanks mate cheers